everyone, it's Michelle. And Delaudis. And I'm your host, Madeline Fenelon. You are his living epistle, read by all men. That's right. You are Jesus' ambassador. This is the Living Epistle Project radio program. You're listening to the Living Episode Project radio program, and I'm your host, Madeline Fenelon. And today we are in the studio. We're in the studio another day. The Lord gave us another day to, to come and just talk about Him and who He is. I'm your host, Madeline Fenelon, and you're listening to the Living Episode Project radio program. And I'm in the studio with Mary. Hi, Mary. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> and my beautiful co host. Michelle is virtually joining us. I can't wait to see you in the hey. studio, Michelle. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? And doing, hey, everybody doing really up good. There. Doing really good. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Michelle, um, so yeah. let's, <laughs> I guess not you, Michelle. Maybe there's someone named Michelle listening to us. Hi, Michelle, who are listening to us. <laughs> but everyone who's listening to us, Michelle, I think I'm hearing you far. So, I think it'd be best um, to, t- to not put your earphone on headphone on okay because i think i'm hearing you so people listen you may be you're hearing the background work here because we are just normal people doing a show okay so you will hear us doing the technical fix on the air (laughs) so i'm doing it right now with michelle (laughs) okay can you you hear me better i do but for whatever reason it's low i mean you're far away so i'm not sure why um but again, we'll figure it out soon. I, I whatever. I hope people can hear it. For whatever reason, I'm hearing you far away. But listen, I, you, I, hear, I hear you guys fine. That's great. So. That's great. Um, but I'll talk louder. I think you're fine. I think it's just me, maybe not hearing you as I should. I don't know. Maybe okay. you're fine. Okay. Um, hopefully they can hear you. <sighs> yes. How are you? You know what? We come to talk to you about. We come to you to talk to you about Jesus Christ always, but there's so many subject um, subject that yeah. we can talk about. Um, there's His love, there's His grace, there's His mercy, and there's Him. There's His friendship, you know, and and He the strength that He gave us. Um, I find I, I tell you a story of this of of my my apart. Some of you may have heard me say this before. But when I was just coming, taking, I was born in a Christian family. And, but, you know, at one point you have to take Jesus for yourself. So when I decided uh-huh. to take Jesus seriously for myself, not my, the God of my family or the God of my mom and dad um, who were bringing me to church, I decided, I thought to myself, why is it that people keep saying that the world have you know, you if you have talent, if you have gifts or anything, you have to bring it to the world and not to Christ. So I said, I'm going to give God my best, right? <laughs> and I said something so silly, but at the time, that's what I meant. That's where I was. I said to myself, I'm going to be, I'm going to prove that you can be young, beautiful, and successful and still serve the Lord. <laughs> so at that time, I thought I had something to offer the Lord. Uh, but I, as I started to grow in my walk, I realized anything that I have, anything that is worthwhile is from the Lord. And when it comes down to it, I really have nothing, right? Nothing to offer the Lord, but who I am and who he made me to be um, so he can glorify himself through. So what I've realized lately is that 
the reality, you know, when, when you are, when you grew up in church, I think all of us here grew up in church, um, Michelle and La, uh, Michelle, Mary and yeah. I, we all grew up in church. For me, I've had the privilege for God to keep me from the world. I've never been tempted, tempted by the world. And in a way you kind of think that other people need grace. You don't need grace. Not really you th- you know it, but there's a subconscious thing happening until the Lord open your eyes and, and show you that, but for my grace, there you are, right? So again, mm-hmm. we, I'm coming here unapologetically open to you. This is what it is. The Christian walk is a bunch of messy people coming <laughs> into the kingdom of God to become formed into his image. He called us as we are, but he does not keep us as we are. So I'm just letting you know that I had a lot of misconception, right? <laughs> that the Lord is still repairing me and making me into his beautiful um, vessel that I hope that's, I don't want to be a vessel of dishonor. So yeah, so I realized when God started to show me how much I needed him and I said, oh my goodness, I really needed grace. So our beautiful co-host Michelle was thinking this week, he, she, she mentioned to me Grace, um, and we had a beautiful conversation about it. Michelle, can you take over? Yeah, sure. And I actually want to um, uh, piggyback on something that you said, Madeline, that when, you know, growing up in church and, and um, you know, protected by a lot of things and, and maybe not tempted by some things of the world, mm-hmm. I will tell you in true transparency, there were some things I was like, hmm, that was interesting, right? Okay. Oh, 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 oh. You know, but it's but it's by um, God's grace and building the relationship with Him that um, you know everything is, is it's been like a work in progress. You know, so I remember just as a young person, you know, wanting to hang out with my friends and you know wanting to um, you know in college, you know, my friends are going to the party, I'll go, but maybe I won't do something they're doing at the party. You know what I mean? So I think there were temptations along the way, but that God. Once you have that relationship with him, he really does guide your steps and by his grace, mm-hmm. right? And his grace in your life and um, building the relationship that you're set on a path that is hopefully, I mean, I, I, I believe and I hope right now my life is pleasing to the Lord, which is what I want it to be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know there are people out there who are, you know, you're, you're probably into all kinds of stuff, uh, uh, you know, but God can, God can get you out and through it all by his grace. But I also, Michelle, I also want to bring this, Mary, whenever you have something to say, just jump in. But Michelle, I also also want to say this though, God's grace, what it does to me, I mean, I I think the Lord inspired me to write something that I'm working on right now. And the the title Mm -hmm. of it is not saved by work, but save unto good work. You talk about God's saving grace, Michelle, right? You you talk about God taking you from a place where it is below the standard God has called, made the human being to live in, right? Below the Mm -hmm. mark, which is a righteousness. God requires people to live a righteous life. And as we all have discovered who are in the church, that we all have missed the mark. And it's only through Jesus Christ we can come and gain the mark, (laughs) We now have yeah. his righteousness. But I also see grace as something else as well, Michelle. I do see grace as, as the, the, the tool to get me in into the life of righteousness. 
but I also uh-huh. see grace as the tool to keep me walking in righteousness. So yeah. I see it as the saving grace, as the saving tool, and I see it as the tool to enable me to live the life that God called me to live. Uh, no, I totally agree. I totally agree with you, Mama. Mm-hmm. There's so yeah. many different aspects to grace. Uh, you know, calling you to help to help you to live your life, the, the, the help you live the life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he wants you to live, and and also, you know, knowing that when you um, have when the cares of the world um, impact you, that you can go to the throne of grace for for help by faith through him. So it, there's so many different aspects to grace. And, and Mary, I think, were you starting to say something, Mary? Yeah, no, no, I didn't want to interrupt you. Um, I, yes, there's Mary, so you many. Yeah, I know. I know. I need to jump right on in. Um, I'm hearing this and it brings me back to the whole salvation process. Um, mm-hmm. That how God, even when Adam, the when Adam committed the sin, had created this process of grace. Um being able to say, okay, God, Jesus being the ultimate sacrifice even opens the door to grace, you know, even opens the door to the fact that we do have this salvation. We do have this access to God that we wouldn't have had if Jesus didn't do what he did on the cross. And then you think about Paul that says, my grace is sufficient, knowing that Mm -hmm. he has gone through these trials and was currently going through a trial when God told him, my grace is sufficient. I like that, Mary. Can I? Yeah. You said my grace is sufficient. I think what I think his grace is sufficient for what? Right. Yeah. That means Paul was aiming to live a life that he and his own um, abilities were not capable of doing so. And I and and that's when I where I think the tool become the grace become the tool to enable us to walk. Uh, a godly life. And I think like, I think the question when you, when we started, go ahead, Mary, to continue. While yeah. Um, I was, <laughs> yes, grace is, grace is the tool. And you also mentioned something about righteousness. The only righteousness we have is through Jesus Christ. And once, mm-hmm. so we, we were, um, it was mentioned before how a lot of us grew up in the church. And I think that's an advantage and a disadvantage. Um, because what happens is we, as we are telling the salvation message, we, yes, God has kept us. That is our testimony, but you have people that are out there that that's not their testimony. And they look at us and it's like, well, you know, you've known this since you were a child. And I want to say that it doesn't disqualify you. This grace that we're speaking about today is the only reason why we were able to maintain for this long. Mary, I'm going to come boldly and <laughs> yeah. And you know, I'm always saying something yes. that's different, right? <laughs> I, I see it differently because I look at Jesus. Jesus never sinned, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't quite mm-hmm. see it as a disadvantage. I see it as a privilege because I really think, I don't think you have to experience sin to push against sin, right? Because I, I see Jesus who was perfect. He was, he's the one who started to tell us that we needed a savior, right? So I don't think you need to not grow and grow up in the church and to minister to other people. However, Mary, I do agree to you, with you. There are certain aspects of, uh, uh, of, there are certain issues in someone's life that I may not be qualified to speak about because I don't have the experience. 
But remember, remember it is not our experiences that is going to bring people to Christ. It is the word of God. It is not our comment. It is not our perspective of how life should be or how righteousness should be. That's going to bring people to, to Christ. I do agree with you, Mary, that our experiences matter because, hey, that's the whole concept of the Living a Peace Project is our track record, our experience. That's what's going to attract people to Christ, right? I agree with you there. But I don't think, I don't, I don't think that we need to, I, I, again, I don't have children right now, but it is my desire that my children, if I have them, they grew up, they grow up not knowing anything about the world. And can I tell you, I'm so thankful that I don't really know a thing about the world in that aspect. I remember when I was, again, you guys can jump in, but I, I remember when I was first starting my, my law career, practicing law first year associate, um, one of the, 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 my boss says, you not experienced in, you not experienced in things that are evil. And I was like, yeah, is that a bad thing? <laughs> I didn't think it was a bad thing, you know, because God says, I, is it, I think Paul or Jesus said, either way it's God because it's in his word. I would rather have you be babe and doing evil than be expert in doing evil. I'm paraphrasing here. So just saying, yeah. Mary. And, and, I, I, and to that point, I, I guess disadvantage wasn't the right word. Mm -hmm. But yes, growing up in the church allows us to, we have such a testimony of God's keeping power. And that, and like you said, it, uh, in the it's word both. it says, it's, it's both. Mm -hmm. It's in the word it says, we overcome with the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Amen. Um, and yeah, I'm just going to add to what you said. I think Paul said, whatever God called you as, come as that, right? Yes. So I think it's, I don't think it's a disadvantage like you said, right? Yeah. Like what you said. You, I think it's, listen, I think we have to see it as, this is my testimony. Correct. My testimony is that it took God, grace, God power to keep me. You know how much yes. it, it takes to keep someone? And it took God's power and grace to bring someone in. I think they both equally different um testimonies and different experience exactly i think you oh. go i am not going to go again if god called me he can do it but i go where god called you to minister that's why it's so important to be led by the holy spirit i get michelle was trying to say something no i was just going to say you know to both your points right um god made made each individual right um and he knew each situation each person was going to be like he placed us in, in homes that had um you know godly families and were going to church some other people may have been um placed with with other families that um you know have a different perspective i just think we all have a different journey that we're on and through those things we gain different perspectives because of the experiences and, and all of those, you know, make us who we are. And, um, as for those who, um, grew up in the church and have this godly perspective, that's awesome. And for those who have not, but have come to the Lord, you know, they come with a certain level of, um, experience that their testimony will impact someone else and it may be in a different way. Right. So I think God uses all of our journeys, whether we, you know, no matter how we grew up, when we come to him, he uses all of our experiences our, and, and our journeys to be um, 
sort of his arms and legs and his, his, um, you know, and to bring people, um, into his throne of grace by our testimony. And Mary, you mentioned, um, you know, we over- overcame him by the blood, mm-hmm. uh, you know, by the blood and, and the word of our testimony. So we each have our own individual testimony, whether we, you know, in different journeys and God uses that. Right. For his I, glory. I love the fact that God, what I, as I was listening to you, Michelle, what I heard was tapestry. And it's just mm-hmm. our lives are in or woven in where you come mm-hmm. from a different experience from me. But again, we're all part of one body. We're all part of. Um, and then God is always looking to bring in different people. There are certain aspects of our story and our testimony that will reach the the people that we are called to speak to um, our experiences are woven in such a way that we, I can maybe minister to somebody that Madeline cannot, and maybe you can minister to somebody that I can never reach. So that's the beautiful thing yes. about the testimony and how we are, how we are raised. I like that, Mary. I think it, it is that is to understand that we are not in a competition against one another. We are here mm-hmm. to God is building a house, right? And there are multiple bricks, right? Each bricks are different and each bricks have their purpose, right? Um, um, there's that yeah. we part of the body. The finger has its purpose. That, that one mid, um, small finger have a purpose, right? So it's, it's yeah. to understanding that it's not a matter of advantage or disadvantage, right? Yeah. It's a matter of playing my role. Am I in my lane? Am I doing what God called me to do? Again, I come across you, Mary. I love this. I come across you, Mary, recognize a gift in you. Michelle, I recognize a gift in you, and I recognize the journey you want to take, right? I come and join you so we can grow together. I love how Paul said, Apollo planted and I watered or something. I planted or Apollo water, one of them. But I love it's that walking in conjunction together. Yeah. You, so know what, can, you know what I to your point, Marlon, you know what I would love is the fact that there are people um, right now in the world who don't know that they could be part of this body. Mm. That is this amazing um, body, this amazing house that the Lord is building, this amazing tapestry, yeah. you know, and, and, and you can, we can be all part of the body just because of God's grace. You know, because of, of his salvation. I mean, he literally gave his only, you know, the, you know, with the gospel, he gave his only begotten son. So whoever believes on him could have everlasting life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and there's no, there's, there's nothing that we have to do except say, Lord, come into my heart. You know, we, we don't have to, there's nothing that we have to earn. Um, there's nothing that we have to, you know, it's a gift. It's free and free is always good in my, in my, <laughs> <laughs> but free here's, always good. here's what I say, Michelle, free, free is always, always good. I think, <laughs> do we understand the quality, the value of the gift? Mm. Right? right. I think that's what right. we want to, what I, my, from my observation, which is why I, again, I'm not saying the church is done because I'm a big proponent of the church, but I think there is a mis, um, understanding or misconception of grace. Or the gift of grace. Yes. Right? I mm-hmm. think, Michelle, you, you, one of the statements you sent to me, it, it, it involved Isaiah 43, 25, mm-hmm. where God says, I, oh, I yes, that. I alone will I blot that. out your sins my, mm-hmm. for my sake. 
and we'll never think of them again. What a wonderful gift. Yeah. What a wonderful yeah. thing, right? Yeah. And, and Jesus yeah. goes and says this, um, to whom much is, not to whom much is given. The person, paraphrasing here, um, the person who's forgiven much is the person who loves more, right? So I think yeah. you, you follow that verse with a question, Michelle. You said, what does the grace of God mean in our lives? And does knowing that God will blot out our sins um, and redeem us, give us a license to sin, right? You, mm. say, you made a statement like that. I think it come into yeah. play as soon. How much do we understand the value? It's a free gift. Free doesn't mean cheap. I know I give people gifts right. all the time and I try to find the best gift that I can with my abilities. So I don't think just because it's a free gift, we should chip in it out, right? I also look at my, my singing abilities. That's a gift, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's free mm-hmm. from God. Do I value it or do I dis, do, un, do, devalue it? So I think, can you speak to, to that, Michelle? Yeah. Does that give us a license to send? Yeah, I mean, one of the things when I was thinking about, you know, just God's amazing grace, right? Even when you think about the song, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, it saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I'm blind, but now I see. His grace just, um, you know, opens up a new a new life, right? He makes us a, a new creation, you know. And in thinking about that, um, you know, it does not mean, even though we are redeemed um, as Christians, uh, because... You know, Romans 3, 23 and 24 says, For we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but justified freely by his grace, right? Um, That is in Jesus Christ. So even though we are redeemed and we know once we accept the Lord that um, we we know the end game, right? But that doesn't mean, okay, well, now I can do whatever I want if I was living a lifestyle before accepting Jesus the Lord that was not pleasing to him. Am I still going to go ahead and do those things that are, that are not pleasing to him and still, you know, get to the end where the Lord wants me to be. I don't, I don't think so. Right. So, um, when he makes us, my feeling is when he comes into to our hearts, you know, he changes us. Like, I I don't know what happens, how he does it, but there's a change and you don't want to do some of those things. Right. Mm. So if you're repeatedly going to go ahead and say, okay, well, God's going to forgive me. I'm just going to do it this once and then do it this twice and, and act, you know, maybe it's that you're, um, you're, you're kind of a nasty person to people. You know what I mean? Well, I'll still be nasty, you know, and I'm going to continue to do that, but God's going to forgive me. Yeah. Um, You know, so how how are we living? It doesn't, it doesn't give us the license to say, I'm just going to do whatever I want because I know, you know, God has forgiven me. You know, Michelle, as you will, amen, amen, amen. Uh, Michelle, um, as I'm listening to you, it, the one thing that um, is coming to me is that's why grace allows us to live God through relationship and not religion. And what happens yeah. is once we are building a relationship, just like any other relationship, grace allows us allows the love of God to work through us to a point. That's why there's an initial change. There's such a, a love of God that's on our hearts that we grace says, okay, if I'm mad today is okay, but I'm not going to do it tomorrow because I love him enough. I know how it bothers him when I'm angry. Mm-hmm. I know how it bothers him. It's a relationship type of thing that grace, grace is the tool that we use 
as we're building a relationship. You, you know, Mary, to just add is, is to understand that, we, to say the religion part you said, we're not robot. Yeah. When we see, okay. when we, for me, Christianity is a lifestyle. It's just, um, when I to, decided to not serve the God of, to not go along with the God of my father and mom and make God my God, Jesus Christ, my God, I decided that 24-7, everything in my life, every decision that I'm going to make, I had a made up mind that it's, it was going to involve Christ. Christ was going to be the center. His word was going to be the constitution that governed my life. And I know a lot of people in the church and in the world hate the, the word right, doing mm-hmm. the good thing, responsibility, guidance. It is not a bad thing. It is not a bad thing to want to do what's right and to do the right thing. There is do. You are expected as a believer, while we are not saved by our work because we are unable to, unable to be saved, but we are saved unto good work. That means we are to do a life. Jesus said, do your good deed before men so God can be glorified. I paraphrase whenever I'm saying things, right? But if you check, you'll see it mm-hmm. in the Bible. Right. So it, it, it's a matter of, of knowing that I'm I, I what a wonderful gift. I could not, no matter how much I try to to measure up the, 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 the standard that I have to come into righteousness. But now I'm into right. I, I have transitioned into righteousness. I love if anyone is in Christ is a new creature. The old has come. I has gone and the new has come. New to what? The new to what? What old has gone and what new has come? You're a new creature now. So I love that. Not a robot, but relationship, as Mary says, right? Relationship. I decided Christ was going to be in my everything. That means when I'm dealing with with you, Michelle, I am acting Mm -hmm. as a Christian, I am acting as a Christian. How do I know to act as a Christian? Where do I get the principles to act as a Christian? It's in the word of God, the Bible. So we are to do things. We are expected to do things. And I am going to say this, um, this verse is Titus 2, 11 through 14, Michelle. It, it speaks to both what you guys were saying. For, God, uh-huh. for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all. It teaches Mm -hmm. us to say no to ungodliness. That's what the grace does. Grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. So he just tell you what this yeah. is grace. Grace yeah. call us into something good. It saves us from wicked life, from ungodly life, ungodly life, and it Bring us it into a place where we he give it give us the power to say no to what's ungodly and what's wicked. Amen. 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 And you know what, Madeline? I was thinking about um, you know in terms of reading uh, uh, Corinthians. Um, I thought I think about Paul and and he 
um, was very focused on the grace of the Lord. He spoke about it all the time. And in 1 Corinthians 15.10, he says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Right. So, you know, it, 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 it's the grace of God that, that helps us um, through that rela- the relationship that we have with him. The, the grace of God that helps us to do what, basically what, to, to lead a, a life that's pleasing to the Lord. I mean, there's that change. And, you you know, we, I think we, we all said it, you know, God makes us that new creation. And when he gives you that grace, you don't want to do those things anymore. You want to, you want to please the Lord. Right. You know, Michelle, I, I, I'll share a secret with you guys who are listening. So Michelle, is- <laughs> <laughs> so Michelle is more like the, you know, God, God give us different great, different gifts. And we all are, we, I believe we, I know, I don't apologize for my personality, my job as I discover my personality is to conform it to the word of God, because it's been tainted by this world, by my sinful nature. So my, I've been in a mission to conform my personality to the word of God. My personality, I'm very direct. I'm to the point. I say what I mean. I mean what I say, you know, I find it hard to, to sugarcoat things. I don't like it. Whenever I'm in a situation where I have to sugarcoat things, I just don't want to be in it. Michelle is the opposite (laughs) of me. Michelle is gentle. Michelle is sweet. And give you over and over, over and over, multiple chances. And just make you feel like you're perfect. <laughs> she does. She does that. That's the heart God has given her. Right? We both play a role. And Mary, you have your own personality. Correct? Yes. Exactly. Yes. Uh, I feel like you're more of a balance between me and Michelle. And I think Eladis <laughs> is it's a balance between me and Michelle as well. But I think Eladis go toward me more in, in certain things. But I think here's the thing. We both play a role. If we, if I'm living in my role and where God called me, I think I'm going to flourish. And if Michelle is living in, in her role as God called her, she's going to flourish. So I want to bring this. So the secret is this. I give you one, two, three chance, and then you're done. I'm done with you. Unless God really come and say again, you're a little bit too impatient. I need you to give an extra patient to be a little bit more patient. And I don't apologize for it because I understand my time is valuable. What I'm investing in is what I'm going to get a return in. So I don't waste a lot of time, right? So Michelle and the other hands will give you multiple chance, multiple chance, I believe, to to just give you, she's very understanding. She's in, she's extremely understanding. And I have a sister who's like that to Elsie. He's extremely understanding too. So I say this to ask you this question, Michelle. Let's say you keep making an appointment with me and I keep breaking yeah. it. The first time you're like, okay, modeling is great. It's, it's just great. It's, I understand. And then I keep doing it for 10 times. I keep missing the appointment. What's your reaction at this point? Okay, so it wouldn't get to 10 times. I actually have had this experience. Yeah, I'm understanding to a point. Um, and, and I think that I, 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 I try to see the other side of things. And, you know, I, I think God, God helps me with that. But there comes a point in time where, you know, that's it. Yeah. Me, so I'm just not doing yeah. it anymore. Right? Okay. So, so, so that's it. <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you. I'm listening. And it's like, um, I'm like that too. 
because I am starting to learn that we all have 24 hours of the day and how we use that 24 hours. Yes, is to the glory of God, but we also have to be judicious in the things that God is telling us to do on a daily basis. If you set up an appointment with someone or even, and I will go so far as to say, if your motive is to meet with this person and you're texting them, it's like, okay, we're going to get together. We're going to get together. We're all guilty of it. And it never happens. You First thing you're saying, first thing in your heart, you're saying, okay, obviously you meeting me meeting with you is not a priority to you. Um, mm-hmm. And number one, number two, I I'm right there with you, Michelle, after a certain time, you're just like, it falls off your radar and you're like, next. Um, mm-hmm. Until God <laughs> tells you, no, don't do that for that particular person. Um, I feel mm-hmm. with grace Thank God, God is not like that. Because when you go yeah. back to the word where it says, how many times do you forgive them? 70 times seven. Mary, I'm going to come yeah. in. I'm glad you bring that up. I'm yeah. going to come in here to make, to complete the point that I was trying to make with yeah. this, right? 70 times seven. What, this forgiveness thing, right? Mm-hmm. Forgiveness for what, right? For something right. you've done, right? right? That means you, you've done a wrong. Correct. A wrong has been done. A right hasn't been done. So I think we need to recognize a wrong has been done. Oh, yeah. Right. No, no. Yeah. no that's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. When it comes to the Christian walk, a wrong, a wrong, we have to recognize wrong, right? So I think, mm-hmm. I think you can't manipulate God. God knows who's, who's in it, <laughs> who's not in it for, for truth. And, and, and for the truth, I think you may think you're deceiving God, but you, you, you're deceiving yeah. yourself only. Yeah. Right. God knows yeah. his sincere heart. God knows who's following him for the bread. And he knows who's following him for salvation. God really knows. Right. Oh, you just yeah. look, so you're telling me, God, you actually, you and I, Christians, if you have accepted Jesus Christ, you, are, you and I are called into a holy life. A holy life, godly. Godly, holy life. I know this is that Christians are called to a holy life. We are called to be set apart we are set apart what we are peculiar person what does that mean when the world look at me i'm peculiar again i may look great on the beautiful and everything they attracted to me but when i start talking because my values is a different value system i'm a peculiar person i am i'm I'm weird to the world to the world i'm very weird it doesn't make sense i'm not weird in a bad thing just I, I just don't go along, right? I don't go along. You're unique. Yeah, so I don't go along. I think, <laughs> I think, I think, I think I'm very confusing to a lot of people because I look like okay, I look normal, and then I speak. I speak diff. I I I think differently because I've adapted the word of God as my my view. Um, to govern me. So I, I think the whole point is that we can't continue to live. A life however we want and then we decide that we're just gonna abuse God's grace I say abuse God's grace you're not really abusing God's grace you're abusing yourself because God is not well, gonna you can, God cannot be manipulated however I want to focus on God's grace that gave me the strength to become the perfect person that God is making me when I say perfect perfect according to God's word um, yeah, Madeline, I think um, just a couple things you said, um, like yeah. John one sixteen says, and from his fullness, we all have received grace upon grace. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And Mary, you pointed that out before too. God is always giving us grace upon grace and always has a level, you know, um, of forgiveness. And at times I think that people will take advantage of that. But, you know, as you said, God does know our hearts. He, he, he is not deceived. Okay, so um, he know he knows our very he made us right. Yeah. He knows he knows our inner our inner person. Um, and one thing I, I wanted to go back to what we were talking before in terms of what God has you know each of us is, is a little bit different, but where where but God has made it that way. So we use our gifts you know together. You mm-hmm. know, First Peter four ten says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied. Grace. Good steward, mm-hmm. right? right? I love mm-hmm. that. Of God's very great. So God gives each of us different things in different ways so that we can we can make the body stronger. It makes the body his body stronger. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? Um but but you don't know, don't don't be deceived. God God knows our hearts. You, you know? know what I think? I think mm-hmm. we as a generation and I think when I I think the, the Christian generation, because I'm more around Christians in that aspect. Well, I'm not more, I'm more around Christian. That's true. I, I, I care more <laughs> about the Christian work than the world. The world is going to be its world, the world. I, I'm not worried about it. When the world does something evil, I don't say, Oh my goodness, the world is so bad. I know the world is bad. The world is going to be bad. Right. When the church act not according to the standard of Christ, that's when it's heartbroken to me. So I think we have accepted a norm of no return no return in our investment. I mm. think we have accepted that it's normal for us to keep investing and not seeing results. I'm driven by results. If, if I work, I want to see something for it. The measure of which I don't know, mm. but I want to see something for it, right? Mm. Um, so, so I think we've come, we got used to just, we just working, 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 working with no results. We invest in people. We do this. We do this. Well, God wants us to, but he wants a return. Stewardship requires returns. We go with the parable of the talents, which I love. I think I can put so much in there, right? It's, it it, it, it involves money. It involves friendship. It involves personal life, social, whatever life it is. It involves ministry, right? It's like God requires a return. The parable of the five talents shows us God requires two things, hardworking, take advantage of the opportunities given to you. And he wants a return with it. And again, I think, I still think that if that, the first, the one who received a one talent had work and nothing returned, the effort would have count as an investment, as a return. It's the fact that he didn't do anything with it. So I think God, we got used to just seeing no result in the church when we invest our time when we invest in people and we think it's normal. Mm. I say it's not. I agree um, that we are to be good stewards of our time. And if we are good stewards of our time and we are taking the time to learn what the word of God is saying, according to our situation, we will see results because God is also a result driven person. He, he doesn't allow us to study every day to marinate in his word every day without growth. I think the, um, the point for a new Christian, and I'm not going to speak to a person of 10 years or 20 years or what have you is okay. We, you've said yes to Jesus. You've had, you, you know about this grace 
And then you're like, then what? How am I mm. applying this grace? What is this grace? And I go and I, I, I say to this new person, read the word. Um, everything there. that we, it's, it's there. The answers are there. Even for what you're dealing with right now, if you're dealing with lack, then there is answers for provision in the word of God. If you're dealing with trauma, there's answers for healing in the word of God. This grace that God has given us is allowing us to live the life that's written in the word of God. Yes. We yes. Ha we cannot do it on our own. We're not standing from a very pious pedestal and say, mm -hmm. okay, you're, I'm right. You're wrong. You can't do this, whatever mm -hmm. we're really trying to get across is the righteousness, the works that God wants us to produce is all in the word of God. If you study the word of God, like you study a Facebook feed, if you study, <laughs> I hate to go there, but um, if you, as you study CNN, and if you study, if someone were, and it's funny how you know that you're in the word of God. If someone asks you a particular verse, would you have to go back into your phone? And it's the verse so buried in you that you can just repeat it. Like you can repeat a news reporter. You can repeat what someone said that was hurtful. Is the word of God so buried deeply in you? And that's the grace. I make, I make a, a joke. I make a joke. I say, do you speak Bible? Mm, there you go. There <laughs> you go. Because I think you, I think I can answer every question with the word of God. I yeah. don't even have to put my comments in there. Right. So that to me, that's Bible speaking. Right. When yeah. I can just pull the word of God and just say, Hey, this is the answer to it. Um, and, 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 and I, I like, I like this, right. We are, I think Michelle, Michelle, when you talk about grace, when you send me those, th those thoughts that you sent me, I think, you, in order for you to, you have to understand what is grace. You have to yeah. understand what is its purpose, right? So I think mm -hmm. that is required. And I also think you need to understand repentance. I think you need to understand repentance, what is grace, and the purpose of grace. And I think, I, 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 I say this, and, 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 the, and I say this, when you want to become a doctor, what do you do? You go to school, you study, and then you, you, right. you take, I think you complete your, your study, and then there's a test for you to take. What does that do? Your study qualifies you for something. Mm. It qualifies you to take the test. I, I'll bring it to law. When I wanted to be a lawyer, I had to go to law school. The moment I graduated and got my degree, I was qualified to be a lawyer. Was I a lawyer? No, I'm, I wasn't a lawyer. I had a degree in the law. And it wasn't until I passed the bar I became a lawyer, right? So there is, I think what grace does, grace qualifies us and continue to help us to walk that godliness, that, um, that righteous life that I, and I think, and then eventually, and I think it just carries us mm -hmm. to where God wants us to be. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a, I don't know, it's, it has so many purpose, right? It's a qualifier. Yeah. And it's a tool to help us get where we need to be. It, it really is, is, is God's grace is, is just everything, right? It, get, it gets us to, you know, God's, God's heart for us. Um, that even though we're messy and we're <laughs> yet sinners, um, that he loved us enough to 
to give us his grace and, and really his mercy, right? And um, it does say, um, I don't have it exactly in front of me, but that um, we also need a level of, we need faith to, to believe his grace. Yes. You know, so um, that's, that's a really important aspect. Is get, again, you know, you just have to trust that his, his grace is real and you have to, you know, you can, you can understand that when you read his word, um, as you were saying, you know, Mary Madeline, that everything that you, you need to get that provision of God's grace, you know, read, read, read your word. He will, it'll give you, you know, instruction and point you to um, God's grace. I mean, there's also the outcome, right, of, of God's grace in your life. And I actually, um, I came upon this just this morning. I have this little book that my dad gave me years ago, and it has uh, different scriptures. Um, and this is a little bit of a long one. I don't know if you guys mind me reading this. Um, it's a couple of verses that I, I just want to go through about what God's grace in your life can, can will, will do for you, right? Um, and it comes from Deuteronomy, actually. Um, even though the Old Testament is kind of under the law and the New Testament, we are under, you know, God's grace, um, God's grace from the, from the beginning of, of, of time existed. So I'm going to read this. Okay. Is that okay with you guys? Yes, yes. Sure. Um, it's Deuteronomy 28, one hmm. to six, and then there's eight and then 11 to 13. Yes. Um, it shall come to pass if thou shall hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shall thou be in the city, and blessed shall thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall thy basket and thy store. Blessed shall thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses, and in all that thou settest thy hand upon, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God has given thee. Little more. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in good, in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy ground, in the land which the Lord swore unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in his season, to bless all the work of your hand, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, and you shall, you shall not borrow. The Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail, and thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. So there are many blessings that follow, and it talks about, you know, following God's Law, God's will, right? God's law. law. And I think we hate the word law in the church. I noticed that. Oh, law, you're legalistic. We need to understand things, right? We need to understand that laws are not bad things. Um, I actually wanted to add to that. um, First, um, Joshua 1, 8, where it says, study the book of instruction continually, meditate on it day and night, so you will will be sure Mm -hmm. to obey everything written in it. Only Mm -hmm. then... Will you be prosperous, prosper and succeed in all that you do? Amen. Amen. And, and we're going to have to go around and give our final thoughts. But before we do, I want to say this. There is a life. There is a life by the spirit. There is a life by the flesh. 
right? It's in Galatians 5, 13 through 26. You can go and read it. There's a consequence. There's a, there's a destination for those who, who lives by the flesh, and there's a destination for those who live by the spirit. There's a, there's a title for those who live by the flesh and a title for those who live by the spirit, right? So the idea that we continue mm-hmm. to live in the flesh, we continue to practice the deed of the flesh, and we still think we're righteous is really deceiving to ourselves, right? Not to God or not to a person whose eyes are open, but to yourselves. And I want to read this. When you send me, I guess this would be my final thought. And then you guys can okay. give your final thoughts. Um, when you sent me this this verse, um, the thoughts, Michelle, this is what came out. I think Proverbs twenty four sixteen gave an explanation of the purpose of grace. After we mm-hmm. repent, after repentance, grace does not give the professing believer to the the right to continue to be led by and live in the flesh, but enables the righteous to not stay down in condemnation. When she fa- when he or she fails, the spirit God gave us does not make us slave. A condemned person loses certain privilege, but by God's grace, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. But you have to be in Christ if you be. But you have to be in Christ if you believe in Jesus. You will not allow yourself to be led by the flesh, but be led by the spirit. And and again, Proverbs twenty four says, you know, righteous men fall seven times, and each time they get back up again. So you guys mm-hmm. can go around and give your final thoughts. I would say There's that... Some- oh, go ahead, Michelle. No, go ahead, Mary. Go, go. I, go. I would say that um, as we're talking about grace, um, grace allows you to live the life that God has already planned for you since the foundations of the earth. Grace allows you to... Live and if you do make a mistake unintentionally or even intentionally, God grace gives you the forgiveness needed to continue to live the life to that God wants you not to stay down. So today, if you feel that you've made a mistake, you've had a misstep, you thought, okay, I missed this. No, that's what grace is for. Grace picks you back up and puts you back on the road God wants you to be on. Amen. Amen. And I think um, there's so many things to say, right? But um, I go back to uh, God's just wonderful grace for us in John 3.16. For God so loved the world and he gave his only son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And Revelation 22.21, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Um, and for those who don't know his grace, it is real. Um, the Lord says, test me and see, um, just, just ask him to come into your heart. Um, and by his grace, he can redeem you no matter what your situation, no matter what your past, because he is that awesome. Yes. Amen. Amen. You guys, it's, it's always an honor to just come and, and, be here with you, Michelle Laudis, is who's not here today, but and Mary. It's just great to come and talk to you about Jesus Christ. And you who are listening, I say this. We got a beautiful tools in our hand. It's a beautiful gift, which I think we are not swine. 
We're not swine. We are the head. Christians are the head, and we are not swine. We should recognize pearls when we see it. Grace is pearls. Do not trample over it. We cannot trample over grace. We have to understand what grace is and the value of it. Grace calls us in to a new life and give us the ability to walk. It's the ability to walk in godliness until Christ come and do what he needs to do with us. So I say this yeah. in Peter's word in P- in first Peter one 16, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. Have a great one and be encouraged you guys. And God bless you. Bye. Bye. God bless. The words you are about to experience are true. They will change your life if you let them. For they come from the very heart of God. He loves you. And He is the Father you have been looking for all your life. This is His love letter to you. My child, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I'm familiar with all your ways. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered, for you were made in my image. In me you live and move and have your being. For you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You were not a mistake. For all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who don't know me. I am not distant and angry, but am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you simply because you are my child and I am your father. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, for I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand, for I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope, because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts toward you are countless as the sand on the seashore, and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you, for you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul, and I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me 
delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart. For it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine. For I am your greatest encourager. I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day, I will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and I'll take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your Father, and I love you even as I love my Son, Jesus. For in Jesus, my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you, and to tell you that I am not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I loved that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me. Nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been father and will always be father. My question is, will you be my child? I am waiting for you.